Mark chapter 6. Beginning with verse 30, and verse 30 is after, right after the event where, where Jesus sent out the 12 disciples. He sent out the 12. He said, okay, here's the deal. I've been, you've been watching me do this stuff for a while. You've been watching me heal the sick and praying for the blind and, and ministering to people, setting captives free. You've been watching me do it for a while. Now you guys go do it. So they went out and uh, amazing things happened. The same things that Jesus did, they did. The same things that happened when, when Jesus spoke, happened when they spoke. When, they, when, when Jesus prayed, amazing miracles happened, same things happened when they did. And it happened for all of them. You know, and a couple of weeks ago we talked about that, you know, when did these guys actually get saved? Well, they didn't even get born again until after Jesus rose from the dead. And they didn't even get filled with the Holy Spirit until 50 days after that. And so here's some people who are not even born again, not even filled with the Holy Spirit, and they're praying for people, and they are getting healed. Huh. Interesting, huh? Things that make you go, hmm. Boy, that'll mess your theology up, won't it? Do you think maybe it's not about you? It's not about us. It's not about us being good enough or us being skilled enough or us doing the right things at the right time. Do you think maybe it all has to do with the name of Jesus? Huh. It does. That's the, amazing, that's the wonderful thing about it. You don't have to be good enough. You don't have to be skilled enough. You don't have to have everything all figured out. It's about Jesus. And when we put him first, when we lift him up, stuff happens. When it's not about us anymore, when it's not about us having all the answers, when it's not about us having it all figured out, it becomes easier. I don't have to perform anymore. I don't have to get all worked up and make sure everything is perfect and everything, you know, have all these fears and anxieties and pressures and all these things. It's just a matter of, you know what, God? Do what you want to do. I'm here. I'm available. And, you, and, you, and He's going to give you the ability to do it. If He tells you to do something, it isn't like you have to be able to perform it. It's like He'll be able to do it through you. We just need to let Him. And we need to do something else, which we're going to find out today. Mark chapter 6, beginning with verse 30. The apostles gathered together with Jesus, and they reported to him all that, had, that, all that they had done and taught. And he said to them, come away by yourselves to a secluded place and rest a while. For there were many people coming and going, and they did not even have time to eat. They went away in the boat to a secluded place by themselves. There are times when we need to just rest. There are times when, I mean, right in the middle of Jesus' ministry, he only had three years to do everything that he, did, that he had to do. This is right in the middle of it. He's already broken the ice. There's already notoriety. There's already fame. There's already people noticing what's going on, and they're coming because they need what he's got. 
Now he sent out 12 more. So it's just like sending out 12 more Jesus. It's just like him doing the same things that he's doing. And all of a sudden, the, the, the fame and the, the, the news and the word is spreading further and further. There's more people coming. We're going to find out that they're out in the middle of nowhere and about 20,000 people find him. How do I say, how do you know 20,000 people? Well, he's going to feed 5,000 of them. And, he's, and it says, that's just the men. And anywhere there's men, there's women. And anywhere there's men and women, there's kids. Was there 20? I don't know. It could have been 15. It doesn't matter. It's, I mean, five is amazing. Feeding 5,000 is amazing, but he fed more. So, there's just people all over the place and they're pulling on him. They're asking, Jesus, we need this. Jesus, we want that. Jesus, Jesus, we want more, more, more. And he's busy. They're busy. It says they're so busy, they can't even have, they don't even have time to eat. That's too busy. They're busy. And what's Jesus' answer to this? Hey, let's get, away for, let's get away for a little bit, guys. Let's take a rest. Now, they didn't just go take a nap. They went and spent time with Jesus. They went, time, they went and they spent time in His presence. They just got away with Him. Now, we're going to find out it was pretty short-lived. Because the, the crowds were too needy. They, and they were too smart. They, they figured it out. But that was his desire. That in the midst of it, that it was time to rest. And after this, Jesus feeds the 5,000. Then he walks on water. And then he, when he gets to the other side, when they, when they pick him up and they get to the other side of the lake, he heals hundreds on the other side. So in the midst of this ministry, in the midst of everything that they're doing, his desire, though, was for them to be at rest. Turn to Hebrews. We're going to hit a few different places today, all with the same theme. Hebrews chapter 4. Hebrews 4, verse 1. Therefore, let us fear if, while a promise remains of entering his rest, any one of you may seem to have, fall, have come short of it. For indeed we have had good news preached to us, just as they also. But the word they heard did not profit them, because it was not united by faith in those who heard. So there's an invitation for us to rest. Hebrews 4 is all about that invitation. God is saying, I want you guys to rest. I want you to rest. Now what does that mean? You find a nice hammock? It may but not exactly. It doesn't actually, it isn't about a physical rest, although physical rest will be part of it. The rest that he's talking about, that Paul is writing about, is a rest from our own works. It's a rest from making stuff happen. It's a rest from trying to figure it all out. Why? Who's he talking about here? He's talking about who are the ones that did not enter the rest. Because he says it's like those who, who, were, who had the invitation, but they did not enter in. He's talking about the Israelites. Same ones we talked about last week. When I talked about the river. 
And Angie, don't go into the song again, please. Listen to what I have to say today. She was telling me that, that, that uh, whenever I talk about the Israelites going into Canaan, the spies going in, there's a song. Can you want to sing it for us? No, don't. No, I'm just kidding. There's a, there's a, there's a kid's song, and she just goes through her head, and she can't listen to anything else. But Not today. But that's who he's talking about. He's talking about the Israelites who God said, okay, it's time to go in. It's time to go into the promised land. And immediately they started going, well, we can't. We can't because there's giants and they're, and they're big and there's lots of armies and they're well-fortified cities and we can't do this. We're, 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 we're grasshoppers. It's not going to work. It's not going to help. Oh, my, oh, my. <laughs> and because they couldn't believe that God would do what he said he would do, they didn't enter in. They chose not to enter in. And in that act, what they were bottom line saying was, God, we don't trust you. And Paul is saying, don't be like that. Don't be like that. There's a place to go. There's a thing to do. He's calling us to head in a direction. But we don't have to do it in our own strength. That's the problem with us. Okay, I'm going to just tell you right straight out. I'm going to just lay it on the line. I'm going to make it as clear as I possibly can. I'm not talking about any of you. I'm talking to myself. This whole sermon this morning is for me. If it by chance happens to work in your life, let it apply. But I'm talking about myself. Because too many times, I mean, I want to do what God wants me to do. That's, one, that's the desire of my heart. Ever since I decided, okay, God, I, I can't do this thing anymore by myself. You know, I, I keep screwing up my life. I keep, I keep blowing it whenever I get a chance. You know, if I was left to my own devices, it would get ugly real quick. And usually does. But when I gave my life to the Lord, immediately my desire was, you know what, God, I want to do what you want me to do. I want to go where you want me to go. I want to, I want to say and, and be what you want me to say and be. And Lord, I'm going to follow you wherever you want me to go. But the problem with me, I'm sure it's not the problem with you guys, is that it quickly becomes a performance thing. Because I want to be good at what I do. And my, my down, one, of my, one of my many downfalls <laughs> it's my wife, for anybody who doesn't know. One of my many downfalls is I, I, I can work it. I can, I can go, okay, well, if God wants me to do this, well, hi, then I can do this. And I usually go a little further than where I should. Or I can at least worry about it ad infinitum and try to control it and try to figure it out and try to get the answer and try to make it happen and try to, try to get all these things. You know, and you just... Pretty soon, I find myself all wrapped around the axle. An invitation has been extended to us to rest in Him. We need rest. We need rest. Why? Because as human beings, we, we can get wrapped around that axle pretty easy. We can get worked up real easy. Not everyone will enter that rest. Even though everybody is invited to, not everybody will. Why? 
Because it boils down to this. Everybody holding on to your seat. Everybody ready to forgive me. Everybody is. Because it's not about you. It's about me. Remember that. Because bottom line, we don't trust him. Or we have a tendency not to trust him. Because if we figure out that we have to make it, you know, that we have to figure it out the answer, that we have to somehow play a part in it, other than obedience, it's because we don't trust that his answer is sufficient. And that's a problem. Because if that's our attitude, then we can't relax. We can't rest. We have to mix what we have heard with faith. We have to mix what we have heard with faith. Do you really believe him? Then relax. See, the problem is, we, start, we get into this cycle. We see that God's promise to us is to fulfill. Uh, for us, fulfilled is not a matter of, okay, now I've read this. We, we, it becomes a performance thing. Okay, now I've read this. Okay, here it says I can have this. God says he wants me to do this. God wants me to live this way. God wants me to... to blah, blah. Okay, I've read it. I've, now I've, I've memorized it. Blah, 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 blah. I've memorized it. I've memorized it. Now I'm going to speak it. Okay, Lord, this is the... You know, I'm going to speak your word. And we, start, we, go, we get into this... this uh, you know, uh, we, I have to do this. I, okay, my people will live by, by peaceful... Isn't that interesting? The first verse I look at says, My people will live in peaceful dwelling places. I just opened it up and just looked. Isn't that interesting? But we get into this, this okay, okay, now I've got to say it, now I've got to believe it. Okay, I'm believing hard, I'm believing, I'm believing, I'm believing, I'm believing, I'm believing, I'm believing. Now nothing's happened, so I must have to do something. And we slip right into over trying to make it happen. I've tried to make it happen so many times. I got, it's kind of like chasing parked cars. You ever seen a dog chase a parked car? I'm painting a picture here because I believe God wants us to be somewhere. And most of the time we can't get there because of ourselves. Verse 3 of Hebrews chapter 4. For we who have believed enter that rest, just as he has said, as I swore in my wrath, they shall not enter my rest, although his works were finished from the foundation of the world. For he, that he is God. For he has said somewhere concerning the seventh day, and God rested on the seventh day from all his works. Meditate on that sometime. Think about that. When God created the heavens and the earth, he did it, he did it for seven days. He said, he spoke and this became, and he spoke and that became, and he spoke and this became. And every day he said, at the end of the day, he said, that's good. At the end of the next day, he said, that's good. And at the end of that next day, that's good too. And at the end of it, on the seventh day, it says, he rested. His work has been done since that day. Now, if you're anything like, you, like, like me, my mind is already going, well, wait a second, what about, and then what about? It says right there, his work's been done since that day. He's been resting. Why? Because what he did, he put into motion everything we need for life and godliness. 
Jesus was a part of the plan from the very beginning. It wasn't a secondary plan. It wasn't a, oops, I screwed up, now I have to fix it plan. When he started everything, it was good. Everything. What happens is we get into the middle of things and we have to make it work. We have to make it work the way we think it should work. And most of the time, we're outside of the will of God when we get into that mode. God did what he needed to do. Then he rested and is still resting. Verse 5. And again in this passage, they shall not enter my rest. Therefore, since it remains for some to enter it, and those who formerly had good news preached to them failed to enter because of disobedience. He's talking about the Israelites. He again fixes a certain day. Today. Saying through David. He's talking about a psalm that David wrote. Saying through David after, a long, after so long a time, just as it had been said before, today... If you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts. For if Joshua had given them rest, he would not have spoken of another day after that. Because they wouldn't enter in when Moses called them. When Moses was leading them, he wouldn't, they wouldn't enter in. And because of Moses' disbelief and his disobedience, I just read that today in my daily reading, where he struck the rock instead of speaking to it. And God said, man, because you didn't believe me, because you didn't trust me, you're not going in either. But Joshua did obey. And the people that were with Joshua did obey. And they entered into, and they saw everything that God would have given the first batch. Everything. I mean, when they went into battle, most of the time they never lost a single person. The, other, the whole army would be wiped out, and they were still alive. Every one of them. God gave them city after city after territory after territory after land, victory after victory after victory, boom, 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 right across that every time they obeyed him and listened to him and did it his way and rested in him, they had victory. Many times they didn't even have to lift a sword. They didn't have to you know, jab a spear. They didn't have to do anything. The worshipers went out ahead and as they worshiped, the other army fell dead, killed themselves. Miracles. Powerful miracles. Never had to fight a bit. What we would consider fighting. All they did was obey God. Boom, boom, boom. And they, they, they took the land within just a short period of time. Drove out the inhabitants. Settled it. Did exactly what God said they would have done if they had done it the first time 40 years before. But he said that's not even the fullness of that rest. The writer of Hebrews, Paul, he said, we can enter a rest just like that even better. That every battle you face gets won. Every conquest he calls you to is experienced. But it's not about making it happen. It's not about exerting enough energy to prove to him that you've done your part. 
to make things work the way you want them to. It's about resting in Him. You know what, God? Here's the deal. I trust you. I believe you. Some of the greatest battles in my life have come after I spent a long time working at it, gave up, and then let him have the reins. I could tell you a bunch of stories. Some of the greatest things. And I've told this story so many times, you guys could tell this story. But when my wife was laying dying, I was in the hospital room with her. Had spent the whole night in anguish, just going, you know, thinking of every possible thing that could go wrong. And believing, hoping somehow it would go right. It wasn't until that next morning when I just said, you know what, God? There's nothing I can do here. This is in your hands. I trust you. Either way, I trust you. Got up, went and took a shower. By the time I got back, it was done. The nurse said, it's happened. It's, 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 she's turned the corner. 30 minutes earlier, the nurse said, you know, we're talking a couple hours here. If this doesn't turn, it's going to be a couple hours. Life and death type stuff, we were, where you have no say in the matter, where you can't do anything, you're not smart enough, you're not strong enough, you don't have the right words. It's not about performing. It's not about making it happen. And that's what happens. We think we have to, and so we get ourselves all worked up, and then we start acting goofy. We start saying things and doing things that hurt people, that hurt ourselves, and doesn't, doesn't advance the, the answer one iota. It's about going, you know what, God, here it is. I see your plan. I see what you desire. You've put it in my heart. You've said it's going to happen. You said it's going to happen in your timing. I'm going to wait for your timing. Help me. <laughs> Help me. Help me, Lord. Because I'll try to pick it back up. I know me. And you know me better than I, than I know me. I'll try to fix this, Lord. I'll do it. I'll, you know, if I had the chance, if you give me the opportunity, I'll try to do my best. But I'll just be wasting my time again. Because most of the things we battle with in life, it's out of your hands. His desire for us is to enter that rest. This is a stern warning. So what's our responsibility? Turn to Philippians. Philippians chapter 4. Philippians chapter 4, beginning with verse 4. It says, Rejoice in the Lord always. Again I say, rejoice. Let your gentle spirit be known to all men. The Lord is near. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all comprehension, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. What do we do? We do do one thing. Well, two things. The first thing is we pray. Lord, you know the situation better than I do. 
Here's what it is. Here's what I see it as. Here's the problem. Here's the opportunities. Here's a possible solution. Here's this, here's that. Lord, you see it all. You saw it all before I described it to you. I just did it for my own benefit. God, here's the deal. I can't fix this. I can't solve that. I can't make that work the way I think it should. Because I'll probably be wrong. If I, if I had money for every time I thought God was going to do something one way and he did it a different way, I'd be rich. Here's the deal, God. Here's where we're at. Here's my situation. And I'm pretty sure I can do nothing about it. I'll do whatever you tell me to do. I'll be obedient. I'll, I'll, just, I'll do it. I'll follow you. But Lord, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to cast my cares on you. I'm going to cast my anxiety on you because I can't, I can't make this work. And I can't make it work as well as you can. You know, there's something about acknowledging our weakness before God that usually solves everything. It's a trigger. But it takes a lot to get there because there's a lot of us that gets in the way before we can actually say it and do it. And I'm, like I say, the sermon's about me. I'm one of the worst. I, I sit and I fret over things. I, think, I worry or I think about, oh, if we do it this way, if we do it, what if we did it this way? No, that's not, you know, what, Lord, what if I, what? No, that's not it. You know, and you, and you, you expend all this, I expend all this energy trying to come up with a solution when the reality is he's got the answer. He cares about it more than I do. This last week was when we were, two weeks, not this last week, but the week before, when we were in one of the days of prayer, the Lord led me to, to pray for Dan and Marta Lewis. And as I was praying for them, the Holy Spirit said through me, says, you need a rest. You need a rest, a real rest. They've been going 90 miles an hour, 900 miles an hour. They've been going, 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 people pulling on them, going, needing, needing, needing. They've been going, 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 and, and the Lord just spoke to them and said, you need to rest, a real rest. And as I was saying it, the Lord was saying, you too, John. And when we got all done, we were talking about it a couple days later, and Marta goes, you know, when you prayed that for me, I really felt it was for more than just us. And I said, oh, yeah, I know it is. And it's not just for me, and it's, it's, it's for us. It's for the body of Christ. Because the things that we're dealing with today, the things you're dealing with in your individual lives, are bigger than you can solve by yourself. And he didn't mean for you to solve them. That's the best part. He didn't mean for you to figure them out. Now, if you might come up with the same answer he comes up with, well, great. That means you're probably just listening to him. But it's not going to be in your strength. It's not because you, know, you figured it out and you did the right steps. No, it's because he's going to lead you and, you and you were just smart enough to listen and obey. But in it, he wants us to rest. He doesn't want us to wear out. We just celebrated 25 years. I mean, look what God has done. 
The next 25 years are going to be even more amazing. They are. How do I know? Because that's what God does. He keeps doing more and more amazing things through more and more amazing people. But I, you know, if, if he's been speaking to me about this for the last couple of weeks, I think there's something here he wants us to know. We're not going to do it in our own strength. We're not even going to do it because we want to. We're going to do it because we're obedient to him and let him do it through us. And have a good time while we're doing it. Joy. Joy unspeakable. Full of glory. Enjoying each other. Walking in His peace. Walking in His joy. This is an invitation. And it doesn't just, it doesn't just work for church. It works in everything. It works in child raising. If, we, if anybody needs peace and joy... It's parents. And parents of all ages. Newborns. Teenagers. <laughs> Lord, help us. Help us. Adult children. Can I get an amen? Amen. And he does. He wants because we can't fix our kids. Only God can fix our kids. Only God can fix us. Spouses of ourselves. How does that does that work? <laughs> Spouses of ourselves. My spouse, you can't fix me. Only God can do that. Praise God, I don't have to fix her. She's perfect. You know what I'm talking about. It's just better to give up sometimes. You know what, God? I, I'll do whatever you tell me to do. I'll follow you. I'll go. I'll, 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 I'll you know. I mean, we, there's times of work, but the work can be rest. He says his burden is easy. His yoke is light. Even the work that he has for us, and sometimes it's real work. The work that we did in the last six months, for those of you who are a part of the planning from way back when, it's been work. But it's been amazing work. I mean, more got done in that short a period of time. I mean, it's just... And why? Because God did it. God did it through people. Did we get in the way sometimes? Absolutely. There's grace for that, too. There's grace for that. Peace. Joy. 1 Peter 5 says, Cast all your anxiety on Him because He cares for you. So not resting is not trusting. Not resting is not trusting. Just check it out. If you get this next week, if you get into a situation where you find yourself not resting, see if it's because you're not trusting. It will be. Just thought I would share that real quick. And back to Hebrews chapter 4, verse 9. So there remains a Sabbath rest for the people of God. For the one who has entered his rest has himself also rested from his works. That's what it's talking about. About you making it happen. About you working to, to, to solve the situation. Now if he gives you something to do, that's his work. 
And it'll be light. It'll be easy. It'll work. It'll, it'll, you'll be amazed at how it works. This last week, Monday, I had a list of things that had to be taken care of because we had to take stuff back. We had to get things done. We had to do this. I had to meet so I was, I was thinking, oh, i got to meet so-and-so. I guess, and I, I got myself, I was all worked up because I, was, I got my list. I got my list, and i got to get these things done. And, oh, I gotta, and I was getting ready, and all of a sudden the Lord said, will you just knock it off? Does God talk like that? Absolutely. He talks like that. I don't know about you guys, but he says that. Just relax, John. Just knock it off. I was like, okay, here's the deal, God. I'll do what I can do when I can get it done. So I just started going through my day, trusting him. It was amazing. I went to drop off some containers over at, at Dunn Brothers. Thanks, Dunn Brothers, for the awesome coffee. <laughs> little product placement there real quick. <laughs> Hallelujah. But I want, I, I'm, I'm dropping off the containers. I turn around, and here's the guy that I needed to meet. I never, find, I never see him in town, but he's sitting right there. So I walked over and I said, hey, I said, you know, what's the possibility of getting this done? It was something personal. It was just something I needed to get done for my... I said, what's the possibility? Because it really should take quite a while to get it done. He goes, I'll take care of it right now for you. We'll settle it. We'll get it figured out. I walked out of there done. I mean, that huge thing that I thought was so overwhelming got done because I just went, okay, God, here's the deal. You take my day. You lead me. Boom. Done. That's happened to me many times. Where I, I really need, one time I was trying to find Pastor Roger and Myrna. It was back when we were, I was working at Abundant Life Church. And I'm, I'm, I'm during the day, I was like, how, this is before cell phones. This is before I had a cell phone anyway. So you don't, can't just call them, you know, and they weren't, they weren't answering at home. I'm thinking, how am I going to, oh Lord, how, I, okay God, here's the deal. I can't find, you, you've worked this out. I turned, went to the gas station, guess who's filling up their car? That's the little things. God, God will work this stuff out. But we need to rest in Him. Resting in Him. Letting Him do it. This rest must include ceasing from making it happen. Many times we feel that we must do our part and keep our part and keep doing our part until it happens. The danger is that we are the ones who are making it happen, not God. Verse 11. Therefore, let us be diligent to enter that rest. Here's the part we need to be diligent about. We're diligent about entering the rest. I'm going to purpose to enter his rest. And when I catch myself getting all wrapped around the axle, all worked up, okay, sorry, Lord, I'm going to rest. I'm going to, I'm going to rest. I'm going to let you do this. Be diligent to enter that rest so that no one will fall through following the same example of disobedience. For the, word, for the word of God is living and active and sharper than two edges, any two-edged sword, and piercing as far as the, the division of soul and spirit, of both joints and marrow, and able to judge the thoughts and intentions of the heart. Isn't that interesting? That, that verse people use a lot to t- talk about a whole lot of different things. But what's the context of that verse? The context of that verse is in resting. They, you know, people use that for all kinds of things, but what it's basically saying is, God can tell when you're trying to make it happen and when He's doing it. And He can tell the intentions of your heart. He can tell, even when, you, even when you're fooling yourself, you're not fooling God. And we have a real good ability to fool ourselves. I mean, I think, oh, I'm doing this for God. You know, I'm working hard for God. 
when he's going, just relax. It's going to get done. It's going to, get, it's going to happen. It's going to be done right. Just do what I tell you to do, not do what you think you have to do. And there is no creature hidden from his sight, but all things are open and laid bare to the eyes of him whom we have, with whom we have to do. God can tell when we have rested or not. We're not fooling him, but we do fool ourselves. We can say, I'm resting, but keep looking for a loophole. Or I'm resting, but still pushing our agenda behind the scene. At this point, we are not truly resting. Therefore, since we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast to our confession. For we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses but one who has been tempted in all things as we are, yet without sin. Therefore, let us draw near with confidence to the throne of grace, so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. That's another great verse that people use for all different kinds of reasons. But what it's talking about is, when you think, you know, when, you, when we're so hard at work trying to figure it all out, we're trying to make it work, God understands that we're human. It's not that he's ticked at you. He's just like, just relax. Just do what I tell you to do. When I tell you to do it, and it's all going to work out. Just relax. Those kids who you've been praying for for all of these years are going to be okay. Quit trying to make it happen. But he understands. You love the kids. It isn't that he's mad at you because you love your kids and you want them to turn out well. You know, he, and, and he understands that we're human and that we try to pick it back up and make it happen ourselves. He understands when you know, we're just trying to fix that spouse. Dang it! Lord, you know my heart. You know my desire. You, I just want them to be more like you. And I'll do everything I possibly can. But he gets it. He gets that we're human and that, you know, we get, we get wrapped around the axle. He's not mad at you. He's just saying, we just relax. I got this taken care of. Trust me. Trust me that your kids are going to turn out. Trust me that your job is going to be all right. Trust me that that promotion that God's promised you is going to work. It's just going to happen. It's going to happen when he says it's going to happen. Trust me that you have favor in this situation. Trust him. That whatever it is you're dealing with right now, your financial situation, your whatever, I mean, we, we all have stuff. And we can get all worked up. But what he really wants us to do is to come away with him and rest. And then when he says, okay, now get up and do this. Wow, that was amazing. That worked. And there'll be times where you do it right, and there's going to be times where you try to pick it back up again, and he'll, he'll, he'll let you know. I really believe he wants us to, get, to start practicing rest. Being aware of it. This is a being aware of it sermon. He wants us to start practicing rest. Okay, God, blew it again. Here we go. Today I'm going to rest. By noon, sorry Lord, started picking it back up again. Whew. I'm going to trust you today. 
And every day, just like everything else that he deals with us on, every day you'll get better. He'll get better through you. And all of a sudden there's a day where you're just going to realize, ah, I didn't even have to, I didn't worry all day today. I didn't fret. I didn't work hard. I didn't, I didn't stress out. And all of a sudden your spouse is the most amazing spouse you could ever have. Huh? How did that happen? Maybe it wasn't them. Let's all stand. Wow, that was powerful. Maybe it wasn't them. It, it, I, got, I got rocked there for a second. Maybe it's not them. Huh. Interesting. Huh. Huh. Things that make you go, hmm. Father, I thank you for your peace. Lord, I just lift up everybody here, including myself. Lord, I pray that everybody else lifts me up this week to be diligent about entering your rest. That just sounds like a really good place, Lord. Help us to be there. Help us to live there. Help us to just enjoy that place every day. Because, Lord, that's where you're at. We want to be where you're at, Lord. Help us. Help us in our weakness. Help us in our frailty. Help us in our humanness. To rest like you do. Show us. Lord, take it beyond this sermon this morning. Lord, teach us this week even more about your rest. Help us, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Chairs up. Youth group this week, chairs up, please, if you could help. Have a wonderful week. God bless. Have some coffee and cookies out in the foyer. Talk to each other. And rest.